Welcome back, bass players and musicians of the world at large. My name is Wyatt Walker-Ware, and you are listening to episode number 19 of the Better Bass Podcast. There has been this clip going around of Aaron Goldberg, the great pianist, the great jazz pianist Aaron Goldberg, talking in a master class. And he's addressing the issue of being a, you know, being a student of music in the era of social media and in the era of online self-promotion something that I'm very much actively engaged with, something that I talk about and think about a lot, and I just wanted to share my thoughts on this. But first, I'm going to go ahead and play the clip so you've got the context here. This is what Aaron says. Because of the internet, you, know, you guys are forced into a certain amount of like pre-professionalization, I would call it. Herbie didn't have to worry about promoting himself. He just was worried about playing his ass off and trying to play with as many great cats as possible. And you see that if you read his autobiography... He's not thinking about like his Facebook page and his Twitter and no, he's just <laughs> thinking about playing. And that was also true for Joshua Redman and Brad Meldow and me, you know, up until very recently, I didn't have to participate in the promotion of my own gigs. During your formative years, I think it's very, very important not to think about that because the mindset that's required to get better as a student is something like a less extreme version of, you know, I suck, how can I get better? <laughs> And the mindset that is involved in promoting yourself successfully on the internet is, I'm great, come check me out. And those two things are antithetical to each other. Those are two opposite philosophies of musical self. And how can you be both at the same time? How can you be self-critical to the point where you're constantly working to get better? And how can you be like out there and given the vibe that you're the shit? It's very rare to find somebody who's good at both of those things. Sure, I can even think of one example. Because of the internet. So I let the beginning of the clip was just starting to play again there. It's on a it's on a loop because it's an Instagram reel. Side note, if anybody has this full video, I would love to see it. I'd love to see exactly what question Aaron was responding to, and I'd also love to hear his uh his full response because this clip is sliced and diced. It is edited just a little bit, but I think it captures the essence of what Aaron is trying to say. I would love to hear the the whole masterclass. I would love to hear more of more of his response to this question. But there's a couple of things here. There's a couple of things that Aaron says that I think I, I just straight up don't agree with. And I think there's some things that he he fails to take into account and some ways in which we can use the online promotion platforms and ways in which we can engage with social media that are not so dishonest and that respect ourselves and that respect our weaknesses while also respecting our strengths. And that is the major reason that everything I share on social media, I make sure is process oriented, right? It's oriented toward what I'm learning. It's oriented toward what I am working on, how I am working to become a better musician. I'm never out anywhere telling people that, yeah, I'm so good, you should hire me because I'm so good at this. 
No, that's not it. Trying to be a musician that is not yourself on social media is inherently dishonest. Saying, hey, come look at me. Here's how great I am. I'm the shit. You need to hire me right now is inherently dishonest. And if you genuinely think that about yourself, then you have an ego problem. At the same time, saying, I suck, how can I get better? While that is often a more honest perspective, because we know our own weaknesses, generally speaking as musicians, we're our own worst critics and we know our own weaknesses, saying, I suck, how can I get better, does not exclude the possibility of promoting yourself. And I think Aaron comes from a, a bit of a... I don't want to call it a position of privilege, but a bit of an outdated position, saying that in his formative years, he would didn't have to worry about promoting his own gigs. He didn't have to be concerned with promoting himself. That is not the reality of being a musician in current year anymore. Unless you are a real Hollywood insider and you already have from a very, very young age, from a very early point in your career, tons of great connections with people that are going to just hire you and take you on the road and promote you and you get hooked up with booking agents and you get immediately, very early on, hooked up with all these people who do this for you. If you are trying to be an artist, if you're trying to create original music, or even if you're trying to front a band doing covers, you have to promote yourself. It is necessary. It is necessary to put yourself out into that world. There's no such thing anymore as a musician who goes from zero to a very high degree of creative success without engaging with the internet and without engaging with social media and without using that for promotion. It's impossible. It's truly, truly impossible anymore. There is a reason that every single touring band in the world has an Instagram now. Maybe not every single touring band, but I would venture to say 99.5%, probably 199 out of every 200, have an active Instagram presence, right? Or an active TikTok, or at the very least a Facebook page, depending on, you know, depending on your target age group, depending on your target audience, obviously, Digital Marketing 101, go where your target audience is, go to that platform and focus on it. But there's a reason that the online presence is universally accepted now. And I think that drawing a line between those who are students and those who are learners and those who are executors and those who are promoting themselves and trying to grow as artists and grow their acts, making those two things mutually exclusive is really, really misguided, right? Just, just out of necessity. It's really, really misguided. I like to think that I will continue to be a student of this music and I will continue to be a learner for my entire lifetime. For however long I live, until the day that I die, I want to continue to be learning music. That's what art is about for me. I want to learn new things. I want to expand my musical vocabulary all the time. I want to be exposed to and I want to learn how to execute things that I've never learned how to execute before, that I've never even tried or ever even thought to try. The intro to this episode, I was practicing actual proof in the key of F sharp minor, right? A tritone away from the original key. Original key C, the key I was playing it in. I would never have thought to even try to do that 
a year ago until I heard uh, Dennis Chambers and Jeff Berlin and Scott Henderson playing it in the key of B minor. Like, oh, wow, this is really hard. This is a really good challenge. This tune has a lot of wacky harmonic movements and a lot of very strong, uh, very strong rhythmic themes, some sort of things that mess with the meter. Really, really good content that'll make a great challenge to take through 12 keys. And I'm going to come out a better musician by learning that. I'm going to play actual proof in F sharp. I'm going to try it and I'm going to learn and I'm going to improve. And it's probably also going to make a cool thing to put on social media. And it's probably going to make a cool thing that I can play as the intro to my podcast that I am, you know, putting out there to promote myself and to grow my audience. Like, obviously, I love sharing my thoughts. I love sharing my thoughts on music. I love talking about this stuff. I truly do. I consider the production of this podcast as much a part of my artistic output and as much a part of my creative output as I do the music that I write and the music that I play. I'm not only in this for the subscribers and the engagement. If that were what I were about, then I would be taking a very, very different approach here. And I think where Aaron's thought has merit is in that approach, in this this very dishonest social media thing, playing to the algorithm, playing to the Instagram algorithm, playing to the TikTok algorithm, studying that and making that what your creative output is about, making that what your presence is about, using, uh, you know, just putting crappy low-effort content over trendy audio and posting nice pictures of yourself in your studio with your house plants and with, uh, with random philosophical captions that have nothing to do with you and creating these sort of... Uh, ooh, another bass player I follow on Substack, the great uh, Yannick Guzdala. If you haven't checked out his uh, his podcast, actually, it's fantastic. The Yannick Guzdala podcast. Big shout out to Yannick, one of my biggest inspirations as a bass player and as a creative person in general. But Yannick referred to TikTok and Instagram reels and surrounding, you know, 25 second video platforms as a one inch punch that has absolutely nothing to do with art, right? And I think the only way that we can make that have to do with art is to be as honest as possible and to be as much ourselves as possible. And for me, that means sharing the process. That means sharing the mistakes and the fuck-ups. That means sharing the growth. That means sharing the bits that make me uncomfortable to listen to. The things that I play that I listen back to and I say, wow, I sounded terrible. The last episode of this podcast, when I was working on Giant Steps, I was playing along to that backing track. I was playing that stuff. I was playing the acapella solos. And holy crap, does my harmony need some work on this. Holy crap, do I need to get this stuff in my ears better? It's really, really difficult. I can say that. I can respect that difficulty. I am working on, through this podcast, through my own online presence, being comfortable with putting my mistakes out into the world and being comfortable with absolute, unfettered honesty, unfiltered honesty, sharing my process. And that's where I think the solution to this lies. That's where I think the answer to Aaron Goldberg's question, how do we balance those mindsets? How do we balance those two mindsets of I suck, how I, how can I get better versus, hey, I'm great, come check me out. 
while both are a little bit misguided, I think the answer, I think the so-called middle ground lies in that honesty and lies in that sharing of the process. Now, I am with Aaron that I absolutely wish this were all a meritocracy. I really, really wish that I could just spend my time exclusively focusing on what I can do to be the best bass player possible, what I can do to always express my best self, what I can do to learn to play music the best that I can, focus only on that, spend as much time in the shed as possible, spend as much time on stage as possible, get people hearing me, and then get a gig and be making a living from that and that alone. Unfortunately, that just doesn't seem to be reality. That's the that's the approach that I've kind of futilely tried to uh, futilely tried to take for the past couple of years of my career, of my you know the formative part of my career. And while it has gotten me somewhere, while I've gotten some places that I think are on my own merit, I've gotten a gig here and there. You know, I make some money. I can I, I play some music, I play out, that's that's most of what I do for work. It's not everything, and it's just not enough. That's not reality. I think the music business, the landscape of music, the landscape of what it means to be an artist would be absolutely a much better place if meritocracy were key. But then it becomes tricky because what is merit? What gives your art value? It's a it's we're getting into deep philosophical stuff here, but is being technically skilled at your instrument inherently giving your art value is being able to create an awesome danceable groove on the bass playing along with a drummer inherently giving your art value is having great sound and great dynamic control and a great sense of time inherently giving your music value. Breaking that down is absolutely impossible and if you look at the the grand scale of audience perspective, the grand scale of, of, of the perspective of music and what gives your audience engagement, then what gives music value is its ability to get someone's attention in the first second of a TikTok video and then keep it through the whole thing so that the TikTok algorithm latches onto it and shows it to as many people as possible with zero attention span in the, the, the age of people's attention span asymptotically approaching zero, the one-inch punch is, unfortunately, uh, what gives music value to the audience. And it results in a huge paradigm shift if you start thinking that way. If you start thinking purely from audience perspective and not from creative creative fulfillment and not from your own standpoint— and you quote-unquote sell out, you do what some people would refer to as selling out to only care about your audience and not care about yourself or what you think gives your music value, then that's where the value is. I think there's a middle ground. I want my musical output to be creatively fulfilling to me, obviously. I want what I do to be as honest as possible. I want what I do to sound good to me, and I want what I do to reflect my influences, my genuine influences, and the musicians that I admire, and the music that I admire, and I want to love performing above it all. I do love performing. I love performing even if it isn't the most interesting music. I still really enjoy playing a pop cover gig. 
I like playing a wedding gig. I don't hate it. I'm not one of those jaded musicians who's like, oh yeah, well, here we are, another corporate party playing Dua Lipa tunes again. No, there's a performance aspect here. I enjoy that for its own sake. Would I rather be playing really cool, original, improvised music? Would I rather be playing a free improv gig? Well, hell yeah, absolutely. That would be better, but I still love all of it. But what I don't love is trying to play Instagram. What I don't love is trying to do the flashiest thing possible that I can do in the first second of the video, because not only is that dishonest to me and what I want to do, it forms terrible habits that make you not able to play a gig well. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. It's so easy to become very, very distracted and to fall into the trap of, I'm just going to do everything I can to make the flashiest Instagram video and get the most likes and the most po- most followers possible so that I can have the, the largest quantity of audience engagement. And that's what Aaron sees, and that's what I see a lot. That's what most of us see, because guess what? That's what gets the most engagement. That's what the algorithm starts to like, and the recommendation algorithm starts to determine what our own tastes are for us. That's the most toxic part of the entire thing. And again, dodging that lies in honesty. The solution to the social media problem, the solution lies in focusing on quality of your audience over quantity. Growing as fast as possible, while it can be done, it's very possible to get famous on TikTok really, really quick. I have in the past done digital marketing, done contracting, social media, building websites. I started in graphic design and kind of moved into the social media and online presence side of things. I've worked doing that before, and yes, it's extraordinarily possible to get really famous on TikTok really fast. But then you have a a recent instance, a recent news headline I saw. I can't corroborate this story. I don't claim to have a source here. But a news headline I saw was that a TikTok influencer with something to the tune of 16 million followers, it it was a seven or eight digit number, maybe it was only a few million, but it was certainly in the millions, was struggling to sell 10 t-shirts for $25 a piece or something. And that's what you get when you focus on quantity over quality. That's what you get when you focus on just reaching as many people as possible and trying to be broad in your audience and trying to get the most likes and trying to grow the biggest stats you can as fast as you can without concerning yourself with, hey, are these people really engaged with me as a human being? Am I being honest? Am I expressing myself? Am I actually expressing myself here? Or am I just screwing around so that I can uh, so that I can get get the get the dollar signs and see the dollar signs at the end of the rainbow of these followers and see the fame maybe at the end of the rainbow of these followers? I am, I guess, lucky in that I don't really give a shit about either of those things. I have no desire to be famous or well-known, absolutely none whatsoever. I like my privacy in my life. I also have no desire to be rich. I have no desire to have a lot of money personally beyond just being able to live somewhat comfortably. It's not really an object to me, and everyone's different in those regards, but the creation of my art is much more important, and that's why I focus on that quality. That's why I put out this podcast in this long format. 
that's why I want my audience, I want people who subscribe to me to be willing to listen to me talk for 20 minutes at a time. I want people to be really, really engaged with what I'm doing. And if somebody's going to follow me, I want them to care. I want people who care. I want people in my audience to care. I want to be engaged. I want to have a discussion. I want to be able to have a conversation. I don't just want numbers. And I think if you make your creative output on social media, your creative output on the internet about that, by making it as honest as possible, that's the way that you can learn. That's the way that you can grow as an artist and grow as a musician while still maintaining that presence and while still having that out there. If you would like to engage in some discussion, if you've got anything to say about this, come on over to the Substack, betterbase.substack.com. That's the home of the Better Base podcast. That's where I post all these episodes. If you sign up for the mailing list on Substack, you'll get every episode delivered straight to your inbox. And leave me a comment. If you've got philosophical thoughts on social media, if you've got something that maybe I failed to cover, or you want to just have a discussion about this and hear more, I would love to hear from you. I love talking about this stuff. That's why I do this podcast. Leave a comment on the Substack. Leave a like. If you're listening on streaming platforms and you're enjoying the show, please, please leave the show a review. Leave me some stars. It really helps. It really helps to grow this thing and uh, helps me to keep putting this out for y'all. So quality over quantity. Quality over quantity of creative output. Quality over quantity of audience members. Stop caring about the followers. Stop caring about the numbers. Just do what you do, and the people who like what you do will come. They will show up. You'll find them. Just believe in yourself. Be consistent. Be creative. Let's all be better bass players together, and I'll see you in the next episode.